0: ankle, beat, or whatever. Tell him, praise the Lord. Glad you're here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello to all of you. Hello to our live stream church. We love you. We're so glad you're with us tonight. Amen. Amen. Yes, give a royal wave. Hallelujah. Good job. Amen. Let's give God praise for our worship team. Woo, 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 woo. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to receive the communion table tonight as we get later to in the service. awesome. Okay. Amen. How many of you are just blessed to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. There's peace, joy, and his presence most of all. Thank you, Jesus. I want to take a minute tonight. I just want us to pray. such a good God and I want to pray for anyone who needs to make a fresh commitment to the Lord or maybe you're even watching tonight by live streaming you just kind of happened on this channel well you didn't it's a divine appointment and Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts tonight amen And I want to just take a moment to give us all the opportunity to invite him into our lives. Invite him to fresh and new take over. Maybe we've been putting our hands on so many things and he's going, hey, I'm supposed to take care of that. I'm supposed to be the focus of your life. So I want us to pray together tonight. Just join me if that's the cry of your heart to just know him. And so pray with me tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. If you didn't die for anyone, you died for me. So I thank you tonight. And I invite you to take over My life. I don't want to be in charge anymore. I want you to be in charge. Be Lord, Master, Ruler over my life. And I thank you for what you did for me. You died, you rose again, and I have eternal life. Because of you, Jesus, my shepherd, my Lord, and I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Give God a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Someone accepted Christ tonight, amen? Many renewed their hearts to him. That's an awesome thing. Thank you, Lord. Maria, I just hear the Lord saying to you tonight to be at peace. He sees your heart. And this part's not prophetic. It's, I know this. I know you've had loss. And you just lost something very precious to you again. But I hear the Lord say, and he spoke this to me even while I was driving today as I was praying for you. He said, tell my daughter that I'm still in control. I'm still Lord. And how the enemy would try to rob you and try to turn you away from the love of God. But God says to tell you he's going to replace it all. He's going to give you beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, and he's going to lift that heaviness off of your life. And he said, tell her that I am going to restore, replenish, and you're going to see the glory of God in this next season, but that the enemy took his best shot, and it's just not good enough. You're not walking away. So God says to tell you to rejoice and hang on, You've been really hanging on to God with everything you have. And God says, don't stop. That this last blow was even heavy. But God says, nope, I'm going to restore. I'm going to make everything as if it were brand new. So God says, no, in your heart, know the peace that all is well. All is well. All is well. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tiffany and Antoine. God just said, know that he is very pleased. As you embark on what you are about to do in in ministry even, God said to tell you that he's put it on your heart to do it. It wasn't your idea. It was his. And he said you've been really kind of feeling like, "Oh my God, can we do this?" And you know, the enemy's been really coming at you. But God says, "You are equipped and you are able and you are capable and you will be outstanding because of who he is in your life and what he's done. And God says you are a walking testimony together of the grace and the mercy and the glory of god and he says watch how you are faithful in this whole concept of what you're about to embark on in the marriage god says watch how god not only blesses your marriage and your home but god is going to bless the work of your hands god says you're going to be so uh prosperous You're not going to even know how to handle the next season. And he says to tell you that he's given you more than you need because he's going to give you those that you need to sow into. And sow into them in the natural, but sow into them even in the spiritual. And you're going to see the fruits of your labor. And even in this next season, a short time, you're going to say, wow, only God could have done this. So be at peace Rejoice because He said He's put His hand upon you for good. And His plan is awesome for your lives. Amen? Amen. Give God a praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to look at Psalm 23 tonight. And I thought it would be awesome if we read it together. Can we do that? Yes? No? Yes. Wonderful. Okay, so let's read it together. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, I want the whole (laughs) psalm. Can we do that? All of it. No? Yes? Yes? I know Val can do anything. All right. Yay. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Come on. I want to hear you decree the word of God. All right. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever hallelujah awesome song how many of you would say that that psalm reflects of everything that God does for us. Amen? And how many of you would say that that psalm was written probably at a time after David had won the battle? Right? Wrong. David was in the wilderness. David wrote that psalm when he was heavy of heart, when he was feeling defeated, when he was hiding in a cave. How many of you could say, I'd write that if I was in the wilderness? No, we get in the wilderness, we get into a cave experience, and we whine like babies. God, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) But David was in the wilderness. He was hiding in a cave. He was running from Saul, who was trying to kill him. And he said, nope. That is my shepherd. In verse 1, Jesus is that benevolent, caring, shepherd, protecting his people. That's who he is. He does that because we know him. How many of you feel like you know God in this hour more than you've ever known him? Right? Because we are going through a season where We can't believe what already has transpired, and we really don't know what's coming. It's a wilderness. When you go to Israel, you go, one of the places we saw too is En Gedi. En Gedi is called in Hebrew the wilderness. And yet, when we got to En Gedi, it's beautiful. But you can understand why it would look like the wilderness. Because it's very quiet and there is not a lot of vegetation. When you think of beautiful, you think of trees and flowers. and No, the thing that makes En Gedi beautiful is its atmosphere. You can sense the presence of God everywhere. David was in a cave. But yet in the first verse, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. See, again, let's go back to the culture. Shepherds. Shepherds tended sheep. And sheep are tending to be, they tend to be dumb animals. Hello. How many of you know God looks at us sometimes and he's our shepherd and he says, man, some of my dumb people, right? Sheep are more often than not blind. That's the truth. They can't really see well. So they depend on that shepherd to lead them, to see for them. How many of you realize that in most ways we are blind. But the Lord is our shepherd, and he leads us, and he takes us through, and we are blind in a lot of ways. We don't see everything. How many of you have walked into situations, and you think, oh, my word, I didn't even realize what I was walking into. But God. Look at your neighbor and say but god. In John 10:27, look at this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How many of you would follow somebody you don't even know? Not one person in here is waving their hand at me. One time, Bishop and I were driving separate cars to the TV station. We were taping for TV. And he said, follow me. Okay. I'd never followed him. I always rode in the same car with him. What an experience. So he's in the car in front of me, and we started out okay, but we hit the expressway. Man, he took off. I'm looking, I'm going, where is he? Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, I didn't know the way to the TV station. I was totally lost. So I'm driving and driving, and I think, oh, there he is, and I'm following this car that was the exact car That he was driving. And I'm thinking, I don't remember him saying the TV station was this far. So, there were no cell phones in those days. So, I just kind of slowed down. And I got off the exit. And I got to a phone and I said, where are you? Well, I was wondering where you went. I said, what do you mean? I said, I was following you. He says, no, you took off following some car. I said, because I couldn't catch up with you. I followed the car I thought you were in. He goes, well, you found out it wasn't. And so then he had to drive back to where I was so that we could finish the course. We don't follow people we don't know. That just makes no sense. He says, my people follow me because they know me and I know them. Saints, again, I say. This is what Jesus did. He says, and again, I say, and again, I say, and again, I say, we have to know Christ. You have to invest time, time, time on your face, time in your prayer closet, time with God. You have to know him. And you know why we follow him? Because we trust him. Because he has proven that he will do what he says he will do. How many of you would say, oh, Dr. Cheryl, yeah, I can remember a time when Jesus let me down. Makes no sense. If Jesus let us down, I'm sure it's because of something we missed. Right? Right. I shall not want. That's what he says in verse 2. Now, we've looked at that scripture and we've thought, Okay, anything I want, God's going to get me. That's not what that means. That translates, you have everything you need because of him. Not everything you necessarily want, but you have everything you need because of him. So compare it to... Going to the candy store. And you get to the candy store. And I don't know about you, but I don't know. Back in the day when I used to go to the candy store, candy. Penny candy was really penny candy. You know, and you got something for the penny. (laughs) Now, I don't know. But we would go into the candy store and our, my father would say, give her a quarter's worth of anything she wants. Well, I want to tell you, I came out with a bag of candy, okay? I'm not that old. Come on. I only hear no one agreeing here. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, it was whatever I what? Wanted. Did I need 25 cents worth of candy. (laughs) I didn't need it, but I wanted it. And my father said I could have it. Are you getting this? He gives us everything we need, and sometimes he'll take us to the candy store and say, pick out whatever you want. That's our father. That's the Lord our shepherd. That's because we trust him. He has proven who he is. Do you know that he believes that when you trust him so much, he can leave you wherever you're at for a minute and go find that one. He can leave you with the other flock in the house and he can go find that one that got lost. That's how much he knows that when we know him, we trust him. He knows that we know him, and he knows that if he leaves Cheryl over here for a minute, she'll be okay because she trusts me, and she'll do what I need her to do. And I can go over here and find that one that got lost. That's why he says in his word, he leaves the ninety-nine. To find the one. He's a good shepherd. In verse 2, it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. This one is very interesting. If you look at the Hebrew, it's very interesting. Because in your mind, what do you picture? Anybody? Peace. Beautiful. Laying down in a field, in green fields, right? And you're picturing all this luscious grass, right? And you're picturing trees that have green leaves, and they're all full and rich-looking. And you're picturing a blue sky, right? Sunshine. Green pastures. Just rolling hills of green, right? But that's not it at all. See how we just really got to get into the truth of the word. If you look back in this scripture, it's very interesting. Because there were no green pastures in Israel at that time. Israel is all rocky. It's all dirt and rocks and gravel. And every so often, if you're out in the mountainous area or even in the, where they take the sheep to pasture, they have these little sections of green patches. Every so often. And the shepherd is responsible to lead those sheep to those patches. And they have to find those patches before the sheep get there. So that they can have the sheep graze there. Make sense? But the shepherd has to know where those little patches, just enough, say just enough, just enough to feed those sheep for that day. And there they go. There's no rolling hills of green. It's these little patches of green. And yet the shepherd would be the one to know where to lead them to be fed. There were no pastures of green. The only way that the shepherd could see those patches, I hear this is good, is that the sunlight would reflect on the green. And they would know, oh, that's not a dirt, rocky ground. That's a green patch. The sun would shine light. The only way that you and I know how to go and walk the walk and walk the way is for the shepherd to lead us to the little patches highlighted by the sun. Make sense? The interesting point is that there was provision for that day and no more. Tomorrow, he could not take them to that same patch because they had chewed it all up. So he would seek out new green patches to feed them for another day. And what that created in the sheep was for them to keep trusting the shepherd. Because they had enough provision for each day, the dumb little sheep could trust their shepherd another day. I think that's pretty smart. I think when we choose Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you, even when the rocks look pretty bad, the roads look rough, but then you always come up with a patch that's enough for today. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to keep trusting you because all I know is every day I got some provision. In verse 3, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Paths. Again, you have to know this. It's so awesome. Why didn't he say, and he leads me in ways of righteousness. He leads me in the areas of righteousness or the, uh, you know, he used the word path. Very significant because in the Hebrew, and especially shepherds, these paths were ancient. So you would know the paths because your father had taught you about the paths, and his father had taught him about the paths, and his father had taught him about the paths, and the paths were ancient. Passed down through the generations, and so every shepherd knew the paths. Today in Israel, the shepherds know the paths for the last 2,000 years. And yet, it's our shepherd that teaches us to know the paths. Right? we walk in the path that he leads us. We choose to walk that every day. We can also choose not to, correct? That scripture. Many are called, but few are chosen. So often people have translated that, well, God chooses us. And so, Chosen ones uh, are called. That just never made sense to me. Because God died for us all. God loves us all. And I just began to say, Lord, I don't get that scripture. At least not us Western way thinking. It makes no sense. Why would you choose some but not all? And he said, go back and look at it. So I did. And that's in the Greek because that's, that's a New Testament verse. But it doesn't read that way in the Greek. It reads, many are called. We're all called, right? He calls out to you. Come, know me. Come, lead, let me lead you to eternal life. Come. But the verse says, many are called, but few choose. Oh, now that changes things. Because now it's not him choosing us. It's us choosing to follow the call. You'll say, well, how do I find those paths? Because you choose to follow him. Oh, yeah, the enemy's right there. "Mm, Come this way. (laughs) Come into my little abode over here. Come over here. You'll have all kinds of money. Come over here. You can do stuff and nobody will know. Come on over here. What's wrong with having a little fun? And it's not the path. It's not the path that's been there forever. It's not the ancient path that the shepherd told you to walk, that the one you've known your whole life told you to walk, that the way you've been raised told you to walk. And we have to choose, right? We choose. We choose to walk with God. We choose to do what's right. We choose to live out James 1.19, being slow to speak, slow to anger, and real quick to listen. We choose that. How many of you find it's a process? Every day you're processing, God, I want to be more like Jesus. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me to stay on the path. So awesome that the shepherds in Israel have used those paths for centuries. Centuries. Today, they still take the sheep down those paths that will lead them to provision, that will lead them to experience the love of the shepherd, that will lead them to experience what it is to be part of the entire flock. Are you getting this? We have to follow the shepherd who will lead us into paths of righteousness. Psalm 23 reflects God's provision, reflects how God takes care of you. How many of you have felt the crunch With this last season with COVID, we felt some financial pressure. Some would say, no, man, pastor, I'm making more money. That's all God. But understand what is God doing? He's doing something for this season. He's showing his sheep. I'm going to take care of my own. I'm going to take care of mine. Some are feeling like depression and fear. No, no. This is God using this season. He did not bring COVID on anybody, but my God will use everything for our good and his glory. And I really believe that he's saying in this season, I am going to show up and show off to my kids. I'm going to take care of them. My kids, They're going to have everything they need. Is that the truth? He's a good God. He just expects something of us. He expects us to trust him. And be very careful when you say, I trust you, Lord, okay? Already I trust you because you very quickly find out just how much you don't. Bishop and I were married about probably a year and a half, two years. And we were on a trip to, I think we had gone to Acapulco. So one morning, I was walking on the beach in Acapulco in the morning doing my prayer time and just talking to God. And I'm walking, and God says to me, I want you to trust me. And I thought that was strange. But I said, okay, God, I trust you. So I'm walking further down the beach, and God speaks to my heart again. In my mind, he says, trust me okay, God, now you're making me worried. (laughs) What's coming? And I said, Lord, I trust you with my life. What else can I do? And it was very quiet. And then I'm walking back. And one more time, he says, you're going to need to trust me. So I said, okay, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Hallelujah. And I get back to the hotel, and I'm telling Bishop, and he goes, well, you know, God's just saying, trust him. But somehow I knew in my spirit there was more to it. One year later, we were experiencing The death of my mother, the death of my father, the death of our baby, and the loss of a dog, a pet we had for quite a while, all in five weeks. I would wake up in the morning thinking, okay, what else is leaving today? (laughs) What else am I going to lose? The dog just disappeared the day of my mother's funeral. Never saw him again. Nobody could find him. Nobody knew what happened. It was weird. My mom was as healthy as a horse. We did a a deliverance seminar, came home, and uh, she dropped dead of a heart attack. My father, two weeks later, died of a broken heart over my mom, but he was saved. He got saved, truly, truly repented heart, and it was awesome. But I just thought, something is very strange here. The baby, they saw at, it was Brie's twin. They saw the baby at 17 weeks, and then all of a sudden at 26 weeks, 30 weeks, the baby was gone, and Brie was still there. All these things that no one could give me answers for, but... I immediately in the morning, one morning in prayer, I was all bundled up in a fetal position in my office chair in our basement at that time. That was our offices. And I'm in my little robe, and I'm just sobbing my heart out. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Did I not ask you to trust me? Did I not tell you to trust me? And all of a sudden, such a peace came on me that I was okay. He will allow things in our lives because he knows what we need. He knows. He's the shepherd. He knows how much we need. He knows exactly what we need, and he knows when we need it. And he's going to use it all to process us to bring us to the place where we are truly a reflection of him and truly a tool and a vessel that he can use to win a lost and dying world. He's a good shepherd. That whole psalm reflects his abundant life, his victory for us, his promises, because we are his. We are his sheep. And what he does with all of those events in your life, the good and the not so good. See, I don't think anything in our lives is bad. Just like I don't think there's bad boys, bad girls. I don't believe in that. God don't create bad. But I think that we look at situations and think that was a bad situation. No, it was probably not a good situation. But God uses it. God uses everything. Why? To create something in you. Everything that you've ever gone through in your life, you have to know that God has done something in there. He either gives you a heart of compassion where you didn't have one. He gives you a heart of love for people that are really broken and bruised and hurting. He gives you the ability to forgive when something has done been done wrong to you. He gives you the incredible anointing and ability to press on when you just really want to close up shop and go home. He does something in you that is so awesome. How many of you look at your lives today and you think, man, I don't like to ever go through again what I went through But when I look at me now, I thank God what he's done. How many of you know you're better today than you were ever before? You have substance. You have life. You have wisdom. How many of you know you ain't the smartest thing in the universe? I ain't. But I know I have some sense because of what I've gone through. You see, he creates stuff in you. He takes a broken, messed up, bruised life, and he says, don't worry, this is going to be golden when I'm done. I'm going to lead them to the patches that are healthy. I'm going to walk them through the paths because I know every one of them. I'm going to give them everything they need. They're not going to lack. And that's what he does for us. It's awesome. I want you to watch this clip. It's called Can't Save Them All from Machine Gun Preacher. If you never have seen that movie, you can pull it up, I think, for free on Netflix or whatever Christian cinema. But it's awesome how God takes a life, totally transforms this man, and he's in uh, Uganda now and we are, he is one of our missions. We support him every month as part of the network, and He's called the machine gun preacher because he goes into this country and he makes a difference for the, ch- the women and the children and the families. ones that are in the veranda. You see, we can do that. We can, because of our shepherd, we can next follow the shepherd and then grab some while we go and say, come on, follow us. Follow us. Come on, you need to know Jesus because he's going to bring you out of that wilderness. He's going to bring you out of these rocky areas and you're going to be led to the patches of green. You're going to be able to come out of the caves. Come on, follow me as I follow him. That's what he's calling us to tonight. He's calling a people that will keep on trusting Him and then will bring others that will trust Him too. Let's pray. Thank you, my Father. We're going to receive communion tonight. But I want to take a minute for us to just examine our hearts. You see... Maybe we need to say, God, I need that gift of repentance. I need to turn from some of the junk I've been allowing in my life because it's not taking me to the green patches. It's leaving me on the rocky ground. So, Father, tonight you're our shepherd. We don't want for anything. And you lead us beside the still waters, the paths of righteousness, the green patches where we feed. You lead us. Now, Lord, we just take this time right now to examine our hearts. Maybe we missed it today with words of our mouth. Maybe we missed it last week, the way we treated somebody. Maybe we missed it Because we didn't tell the truth. Maybe we missed it because of our pride and our arrogance. Maybe we missed it because of disobedience or rebellion. Lord, grant us that gift of repentance right now. Lord, let us turn, not just in word, but in action. Forgive us tonight. Cleanse us. Any unforgiveness, God, right now we lay it at the foot of the cross. We ask you to forgive us and we choose to forgive others. Forgive us for fear. The fear that just plagues us the fear that is around every corner, the fear that jumps out at us the minute we open our eyes in the morning. Forgive us for that fear. We lay it down. We crush, smash, and annihilate it. Lord, we come to your heavenly court. We ask you for that gift of repentance to turn. We ask you for forgiveness. For healing and restoration and breakthrough. And Lord, tonight we know you hear us because we put the blood of Jesus and the broken body of Jesus. We put that in our place. So you look down. You don't see us. You see your son and you are moved with compassion. Father, we ask for that verdict of innocent, that verdict of forgiveness, that verdict of breakthrough, grace, and mercy. And we appropriate that to our lives tonight. Thank you for cleansing. Thank you for healing. Thank you for restoring. Thank you. Thank you for being our shepherd. Let's distribute the communion table in our seat tonight. If you could just give everybody a communion element. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to ask Dr. Scott to come and pray over our communion table.